Welcome to another episode of Black in the Maritimes. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to let you know that this Friday, July 30th at 6 in the morning, we will be on CBC doing an Emancipation Day special takeover of Information Morning with Jonna Brewer. Some of the guests that we will be interviewing include Mary Louise McCarthy, Velma Morgan, Akila Newton, Michael J. Fox, and Sydney Sexton. Again, that is at 6 in the morning, Friday, July 30th for our CBC Emancipation Day takeover. Back to the podcast. What's up and welcome to another episode of Black in the Maritimes. I'm Fidel. I'm Hillary. I'm Clinton. And I'm Milan. And today, or well, two days ago, the Olympics came in. Uh, I am not an Olympic fan. I don't care really much about the Olympic because of economical reasons. Uh, but uh, interesting, uh, it's just the first Olympics within the pandemic in Tokyo, Japan. Um, the fair planning was by a Japanese Haitian tennis player, Naomi Osaka, uh, which again, if you guys have a, there's a Netflix on her, Netflix documentary, it's pretty interesting talking to, and he talks a lot about her race, how she's hates hates it from both sides, including American, because she actually grew up in the United States. Uh, and uh, there was a lot of criticism around that. And there was a, a lot of uh, criticism about the representation. Um, I mean, again, I am not an Olympic fan uh, ever, uh, but I definitely think uh, Hillary has a, some comments because she said there was a lot of flag about certain things. Can you elaborate on that? Oh, I didn't, I didn't say that there was necessarily a lot of flack. I'm a big Olympics girl. I don't know why. I don't know if you can tell about the everything about me, but I'm not a sporty person in terms of, like, I can't swim. I can't ride a bike. I can't ice skate. I do not do sports. Something about watching the Olympics and the patriotism wrapped in it before I knew about all of the economic uh, repercussions of the Olympics has always made me sentimental. It's always made me cry. I always think that if the world can come together in a peaceful way through sports, why can't we for the rest of the world? And so I spent all of Friday watching um, the entire four hours of the opening of the, of the of the Olympics, the whole opening ceremony. And I thought it was really good. But I was personally really impressed because not only did Naomi Osaka, um, who's Haitian Japanese and went to school in New York City, um, light the cauldron with the torch, which it's always in, enveloped in secrecy who the last person is. They also had a um, Japanese basketball player. I forget his name, but he um, is mixed Benin and Japanese as well. And I was surprised. I'm always surprised at the amount of representation, but I was really surprised at how Japan as like the host really came forward and made a two of the most predominant people introducing their country to the Olympics as the openers um, or as the hosts, I guess, have them be mixed race. So I thought that that was extremely interesting. I think it's really important. It did make me cry to see someone with red box braids light the cauldron at one of the biggest global, I, I think, events. So I was a big sap about it. And I think it just means a lot for a lot of girls who look like me or like Naomi who, you know, want to see this representation and don't get to see it. I haven't heard anything negative from the other side. I'm sure that there is, but I, I thought it was a really cool and good moment. And then the Olympics, they also um, reformulated their like Olympic oath to include the mention of like all genders and ethnicities and orientations. So it was also more um, 
trans and queer inclusive as well. So they did, I think, good. Well, a funny thing is that Japan is a very conservative culture. It's super mm-hmm. conservative there. And uh, one of the things that was trending with them is that they called people that are not born Japanese, that are born with somebody from a different race, they called them a hafu. That's what they call them. And uh, hafu was trending. And a lot of people in Japan uh, were actually questioning why did a hafu was uh, lighting up the torch. Uh, and some people, they feel like foreigners in Japan, which is kind of like thing. I think, I don't think you can even get uh, a citizenship in Japan if you are not uh, a Japanese citizen. So uh, it, it is a very quite a different culture down there. Alon, what's your thought about this? I uh, don't really have too much to say. I mean, I think it's very cool that, that we have a young black woman who lit the torch. Um, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in my lifetime until now. Um, so that's a huge thing. Uh, one of the few things that you and I do agree on is that the Olympic Committee is one of the biggest terrorist fucking organizations on the planet besides the Catholic Church. Um, they just ransack countries and bleed them economically. I have no love for 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 the, the committee and how they get down and what they do. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, unfortunately, it, it's one of those moves by an organization that I feel was only, you know, sparked by by recent, you know, political and cultural and social events, you know, and I and I and, and it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, as people of color, you kind of got to take the good with the bad. Right. So, yeah, this is a great moment in history for young black women and black people in general. But then you got to realize that we all understand that if it wasn't for certain social movements and certain things that happened in the past 12 months or 18 months, um, that that young girl would not have lit the torch. Like it would have just been business as usual. And it would have been just another white skinned or white passing individual, um, you know, conducting this in the, in the opening ceremony. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see it happen. It, it's huge. It's historic. You can't take that away from her. Um, and, and I don't want to in any way, shape or form. I, I just unfortunately am just very aware of the fact that, you know, this had it, it took so many things and so many events to lead up to this, you know, which I know to to a lot of people who don't get it, it seems like a very small thing, but it's not right. Like Hillary said, this is the biggest sporting event, you know, in, in the world. You know, that that happens, you know, every two, four five years, whatever the duration is, um, depending on the the Olympic uh, event. And and to have a young black woman, you know, do this is uh, it's huge. It's historic. And, and and I'm glad that 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 has happened. So and I'm glad I live to see it. So so I'll, I'm all for it. Clinton, what's your take on it? Um, well, I've always kind of been half into the Olympics. I've always I always intend to watch them and get into them. And I never do. Um so I'm assuming that this is this is kind of a first um, having a person uh, the Olympics hosted in a country that is not predominantly black, having had someone come out and light the final torch being of partial black descent. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, I don't, are the Olympics like the world coming together in peace? But it's it's also a, a silent kind of war, right? Like these countries invest millions and millions and millions in these athletes to perform for a few minutes or a few weeks at a time to really get those bragging rights a sort of nationalistic feeling that uh you know our humans are better than your humans um so i've always had that kind of feeling about the olympics but if it's inspiring for people like hillary and women who look like naomi osaka i think that's a really great thing and to comment on what you said alon it it probably is due to social movements that have taken place in the past year but it's still telling because i mean i think it's social movements that have made a lot of the changes that society faces uh, that society is 
reaping the benefits of here in 2021. Uh, everything is a result of Activision, Act, Activision, Activism, <laughs> Activism and like social work and fighting and worldwide, like a, a need for change. So it is a result of that. But it's like you said, it's take the good with the bad. It's a nice nod. I personally, you know, again, I encourage everybody to uh, watch Naomi Osaka's documentary on Netflix. Uh, it's pretty cool. But, uh, you know, Hillary, you had something to say? I just wanted I just wanted to uh, do the gentleman who is a flag bearer justice and say that his name is Roy Hashimura. I should have had that prepared as well. So Roy Hashimura and Naomi Osaka. That's the two who, uh, I don't know, made me really happy. No, yeah, I, I think Naomi Osaka, per se, like I said, if you see her documentary, uh, she has had a lot of issues with her race and identity. Uh, definitely, everybody should check out that documentary. Uh, it's quite interesting. Uh, as far as the Olympic goes, I think they should burn down and never happen ever, uh, just because they, I mean, it, they don't make any sense. Economically, they don't make any sense. If they find a, a very sustainable way to host them, amazing. But uh, it, it just, it doesn't make any sense at all for a country. And a funny fact is, is that the reason why the, uh, the Olympics cost so much money was because Hitler wanted to host the Olympic and he made this Olympic a big, big show in the 1930s. Uh, and that's one of the Olympics uh, when this big old thing, because he wanted to run as Germany as a superpower because there was a war going on. Uh, and that's where the Olympic just became super expensive. There's a documentary on that too. So if people want to watch it, uh, but yeah, the Olympics for it economically, they don't make sense. I hope no country ever hosts it or gives any money to that thing. But again, uh, congratulations to Naomi Osaka. And again, what's the name of the gentleman? Uh, it's Roy Hashimura. Roy Hashimura. I mean, congratulations to them. And hopefully uh, they go to bigger and better things. Uh, now, we're going to go with some local news. Uh, this is actually quite a, a exciting news. Uh this actually makes me proud. Now, uh, Angela Simons, uh, she's a liberal. Coulter Simmons, uh, and, and Archie Beals, uh, he is from the PC uh, Conservative Party. They are all uh, from North Preston, and they are all being part of the election in Nova Scotia. So uh, the largest Black community in Nova Scotia uh, for the first time, doesn't matter what party, nope, doesn't matter what party, the MLA of a black community is going to be black. Uh, they were represented by white MLA since 1999, which is kind of crazy uh, that the white person was uh, being the MLA of a black community. Uh, but for the first time in near than 20 years, Nova Scotia's oldest and largest black community will be represented by a black MLA regardless of what, what party wins. Uh, this is quite exciting. And again, I mean, um, this, this makes me way happier than uh, anything uh, that the Olympics could, but different topics, but it was long, it's long overdue. I mean, uh, we'll start with you, Clinton. What do you think about this? I think you really don't like the Olympics. This is the fourth I, time I, I've heard you say I that in the past the 10 minutes. I, I, they don't make any sense. They, 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 they take countries and they make them poor. Why would we love the Olympics? <laughs> we should burn down the Olympics, but we shouldn't burn down society if it doesn't make any sense. No, society, it, it's never going to make so, any sense. Even if we burn it, even if we come back up, it's still going to not make any sense. Okay, but well, the Olympics, I'll answer your question. 
I know that we're about to talk about Nova Scotia and we can spend another lesson educating me on the Olympics as the Olympic lover, but these, these countries, don't they nominate themselves? Like in, in some respect, they is do. it not the prime they, ministers of the, or presidents of these countries putting themselves in this economic deficit? Like uh, I, my dream is to go and I want to do the Italy Milan one, I but is it not then pride. the president They're, of Italy who's sacrificing their financial gain to throw themselves under the bus? Yeah, because what to happens- show what a great nation they are. Right. Sorry, and, and sorry, the Olympic committee, the, the whole the whole hustle of the Olympic committee is that you guys go, it's, 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 a, it's a scam, right? It's like, okay, you guys go ahead and we'll bring our branding to your country. You pay for the infrastructure to our specs. And because it's our event and branding, people are going to show up and pay money and you'll make all the money back that you invest in infrastructure. But that never happens. <laughs> that never happens. Like the ticket prices for Olympic events are through the roof. Local people can't afford to go. And it just ends up being a very. And then when the Olympics are done, what do you do with all the new infrastructure that you built? It just sits there and rots. So you have these countries I, building new coliseums, new Olympic tracks, swimming facilities, everything. For literally a couple of weeks. And then after that, it just sits there because they have no plan for it in I the future. Get, I get that. but we I'm sorry I brought this the, back up. Let's No, no, no but I'm, I'm appreciating that being educated and we can move on. But like, oh, you didn't know I, any of that? Okay. Sorry, I, go ahead. I knew a lot of that, but it, I still like in my mind, even with that explanation, it's still so like it's if, if there's a history of these countries not making that money back and they know it's a false promise. Stop signing up. Stop signing up. <laughs> Well, so it, like, it, what? and I will teach you, it's a little bit more than that, because what happens is this. Uh, what happens is, is that the Olympic Committee has some sort of sales pitch. So they go to these countries uh, with politicians that are uh, that are either going to win elections or they are in an election transition. And they want to show like to boost their, you know, their ego or their country. That's what happened in Brazil. Uh, if there is a, actually a good documentary about that. Uh, that Dilma Rousseff was the one, and it was made under Lula da Silva, uh, which was the first, they were both from the Workers' Party. Uh, some of these people even get bribed. The Olympic Committee even bribes people uh, so they can do these things. Like, it's, it's a very, it's a very uh, corrupted, corrupted organization. And there's a lot of documentation about that. Uh, factual? Go, yeah, factual. Just go, go and get the, the Olympics. There's a lot of YouTube things that you can actually get there. Uh, Canada, for a fact, Montreal hosted the Olympic, I think it was in the 70s, and it only took till like 2015 or something like that, that they actually paid up everything from a- But then we had hosted in 2010, so we were back in debt as a nation from the 2010 in Vancouver. And that's a different thing. The Winter Olympics and the Summer Olympics are like, the Winter Olympics are cheaper because not a lot of people play the whole thing. And it's still, they, they don't make any sense. Uh, but the summer ones are even worse. Like they both don't make any sense. And I'm not even sure how, what the Calgary thing is. I, I know it, it wasn't in, in Vancouver, right? It wasn't Vancouver. Yeah, it was in Vancouver. It was, Vancouver. It was in Vancouver. And Calgary wanted to do it too. And people were like outraged yeah. and they didn't want to do it in Calgary. Uh, but yeah, there is a lot of documentation on the Olympics. Uh, there is a lot of, you can YouTube a lot of stuff of the Olympics. Uh, and it's just, economically doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's just it's just a cash grab for the only people that make sense is the Olympic Committee. They're, they are the ones that make the money. Uh, but going back to it, uh, let's yeah, go back sorry. to Nova Scotia. That's okay. Uh, so Preston. Go- yes, North Preston. <laughs> North Preston. Um, so before 1999, they had black MLAs. 
and now it's been 20 years that they haven't and now they're going to again is this is this did, did these political parties intentionally all consciously again because of what like alan was saying because of social trends consciously put a black person forward or is this just coincidental and there's going to be a black mla that's my really only question about it it's going to be cool it'll be good but why did it happen well that's it that is a good question i mean i i basically don't know why be, why it's been done for that long and but again that's kind of like the black thing in canada a lot of these communities north preston is always misrepresented and politic politicians never care about indigenous or black people i think it, i think now it's changing a little bit but i think it's uh it's always been that way every since canada that's canada i, I guess we don't have a lot wouldn't of say never but probably not often enough right yeah yeah I mean, we don't have, we're in New Brunswick, we don't have a, we, there's no uh, indigenous representation. There's only been one in the history of New Brunswick. And yeah. again, indigenous people have been here for years and they, they never had representation, including in their own communities. So uh, I think that that is a Canada thing. I, I don't think it's a, it's just a Nova Scotia thing. I think it's a Canada thing. But other than that, yeah. I, I think uh, either or, I definitely think it, it's something that that it's it's a little bit of progress. Is it a lot of progress? Not really, but it is some progress. Uh, well, so it's I, good. I mean, the question is, is it going to happen again in four years? Right. I mean, it's you'd have to go and change the Constitution and democracy itself. It, it, you could argue that, you know, the majority cultural population of a community has to have the MLA represented by that group. But then that feels sort of undemocratic, right? Or unless you have a whole other system going on, like anyone should, is supposed to be allowed to run. And, and if people elect them, they should be allowed to lead. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I feel like people should be allowed to be elected. In me. And I think we should have uh, somebody that to speak more about, uh, I think you, you, we have the, some contacts with Canada boats and I think they probably uh, Canada black boat, and they probably would understand why. Why is it that you know a, a, a place like North Preston, which is black-led, uh, has been leading by somebody white for so long, and you know people that voted. And again, maybe that black people haven't gone voting. That could be one of the questions. Who knows? Uh, Hillary, what's your take on it? Well, I think when you were introducing this topic, you said something like that it was sort of surprising, maybe was the word you used, or shocking about them not having had a Black MLA for 20 years. I know it's not. <laughs> like, white people have been telling us what to do for a very long time when they shouldn't be telling us what to do because they do not know our plight. Um, I'm very happy that this is, like, hopefully a turnaround that will stick, and hopefully, uh, you know, like Clinton was just saying, maybe, like, in four years, hopefully they will continue to elect black MLAs I like it it's hard I'm wondering also do, is it a part of perhaps like gentrification is there like was there a growing number of white people in that community and now it's changed I don't know I don't know a lot about politics and I definitely do not know a lot about Nova Scotia but I definitely think that this is good I I am always for um you know people representing us who actually can properly represent minorities people of color queer people etc um and like, unfortunately, to comment on like New Brunswick's history as well in that regard of like not having a lot of minorities, like not to bring up this conversation again, but it was a bigger concern, I think, to have Acadian and French speaking people be represented bilingually 
in politics for New Brunswick than people of color. And I do sincerely hope that that shifts and that there is a little bit of representation politically for all groups of people in New Brunswick, whether that's indigenous or black or Asian or French speaking, who are any of those mixes as well. Alon, what's your take on it? Uh, Very limited. Unfortunately, I really don't know Nova Scotia politics. I, you know, I, I, I think, you know, it's, it's great that, you know, they'll, they'll have a uh, representation that that looks like them and hopefully speaks for them. Um, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, it, it comes down to policy and it comes down to what, you know, not all brown faces are, are allies either. Right. So, I mean, I don't know where these politicians stand. I don't know what their stances are on certain issues. I don't know whether they're actually going to properly represent the people of Preston. Um, you know, so, I mean, I think there's a lot still to be learned about these three candidates. And I hope that the people of Preston, um, will, uh, will look at, at, you know, the, the, the stances of these politicians and, and where they stand on the issues and not so much the fact that they're brown. Um, because at the end of the day, if the person's not doing anything for you, it doesn't matter what color they are, it's not doing anything for you, then it's pointless. Um, so that's, that's kind of my take on it. Just, you know, look at the politicians, look at the person, look at the character, look where they stand on the policies and, you know, hopefully vote for the right person. Um, but yes, it's nice to see three black people that, you know, that are running and that are leading their, their parties and, um, good for them. Good for them. It's about time. Yeah, I definitely think, I think, uh, more, uh, especially in black communities, not only in, in Nova Scotia and again, New Brunswick, uh, PEI, I, I know there is a very low minority, but there, I, I mean, I definitely think there should be an indelay. I, I don't know why there's not, but anyways, uh, that is a different topic. Uh, but I definitely think communities in places like Ontario and, you know, places like in the prairies that there are black communities. Uh, with a significant amount of people to be representative. And again, not only saying that with Black, I think the Indigenous part, it, it, I think it is, it's, that one is more long overdue than uh, the Black ones. Because uh, again, it there's, doesn't make any sense why there's not more Indigenous <laughs> participation uh, in the House of Commons and in, in different ones. But uh, I mean, it's good for them that they are, that there is three Black uh, nominees. And hopefully this continues. I think that's... Uh, that's the part that we want to make sure that it continues and, and we can see this more in places that it's all like the majority are minorities. Uh, Ontario does it pretty well with a lot of uh, Desi and, and, and Hindu representation and Southeast Asians. They have managed to do that well in Ontario. And hopefully that hope that happens somewhere here. So, uh, you know, congratulations to those three uh, people and lady, of course, uh, the, the lady that uh, is part of the Liberal Party. Hopefully uh, they do what they're supposed to do. So we are uh, moving up with a celebrity topic, uh, which is, uh, it's quite interesting, uh, just because I feel like this kid is, it's, it's kind of, it, it's doing, I, I didn't think he was going to last too long, but he, he definitely has been able to, to do this celebrity thing really well. Little Nas X, uh, he recently was released a sneaker with blood uh, was was made by a factory that does like shoes, like redesigned shoes. Uh, but the shoe was a Nike shoe, and because it has blood, uh, Nike sued the company, and it was Lil Nas X was in all this trouble, and there was a lot of controversy because he did this. Uh, and he basically turned it around and did a whole sketch about this, about him being sued on YouTube to promote his new video. And if you look at the new video. Uh, it's, uh, again, I, I will definitely tell you to watch it. It is quite, 
interesting the video that he released uh it, it plays a lot of uh uh again he definitely is one of the first black people to to represent his homosexuality he's like full-blown representing and owning it uh and right now he is being uh because of that video he is being part to teach about aids and and be kind of like a catalyst for lgbtqs uh again that's a different type of thing but i mean I don't really, I didn't think this kid was gonna, first he came out with a country rap song that, that I was think, a controversy. I think here's, and I know Hillary is Hillary's topic, but if, you, if I may, um, first off, I don't understand why that the kid wouldn't be, have been successful, right? The whole thing for your little Nas X is that the kid is real and always has been. And I think anyone who has an issue with him being gay or saying he's gay or saying he's bi or doing whatever he's doing. Listen, there has been talk and rumor of homosexuality and the hip hop community for fucking decades. People have been accusing Puffy, LL Cool J. There's been a bunch of fucking shit going on for decades. So anyone in hip hop who acts like, oh, this is something new and different, fuck you. Because now you're just mad because he actually came out and had the balls to say it. And now everyone's getting all weird about it. Secondly, the, the, the kid knows his social media. Like he knows how to work shit. And the fact that he stays in his lane, doesn't get flustered by anybody or anything and uses everything as good press, this fucking genius. Now back to the sneaker. It's an Air Max. It has a drop of blood on it. Nike wants to get all fucking self-righteous now, even though they make their fucking sneakers in factories with little children. Listen, I do not have anything to say positive about Nike. They make good clothes, but you know what? Their hands have blood on them as well. So the thing that I don't like about this is that you have American companies with this stupid Christian moral philosophy that everyone wants to fall back on when they don't like shit, right? Like Nike has built the, their company on the backs of little children in third world countries for fucking decades and made billions of dollars off of this. People talk about Michael Jordan and, and the fact that, you know, black children have died needlessly over fucking Jordans made by Nike. So Nike has blood on their hand just because this happens to be a Satan sneaker, whatever you want to call it. And they want to get all fucking Judeo Christian on this shit. Listen, I think it's the dumbest shit in the world. I think Nike has bigger issues to deal with. And you know what? It's one of those things where it's a corporation picking and choosing when it wants to take the moral high ground and when it doesn't. And I, you know what? Little Nas X, you know what? The country song was fucking genius. Okay. Fucking genius. Billy Ray co-signing it. Fucking genius. Okay. And, and literally the fact that the sample in that song he bought from Trent Reznor for 40 fucking dollars is fucking genius. It is genius. I have nothing but love for the kid. Good for him. Keep making your money. Do your thing. I wish I, I had the savvy for social media like he does. But anyway, I, I, I support him. I co-sign him. I'm in his corner. That's all I have. All right. Uh, Hillary? Well, I feel like, Fidel, you had more to say. Like, I have a lot to say based on what Alon said, but I feel like you were in the middle of a point. You can finish before we throw it to me if you want. Well, I, the thing I was going to say with uh, with him is, is that uh, within some part is that Little Nas X, I think it's one of the first uh, people, not, I don't, not only thinking hip hop, I think in mainstream music to... Uh, own the homosexuality and the whole LGBT thing. And uh, what about George Michael? What about Elton John? What about like uh, he's not the first person? To well, do that. that's a great example. They didn't own it 
they, for a couple of years until they came out with histories and stuff like that. If you see Rocket Man, really, because like Boy George was like as open as anyone same, in Culture same, Club, the, right? The like same, I, the same, the same thing. He came out because of a press queen, Freddie Mercury. He came out because of an interview. Like they didn't came out by choice. They came out uh, because uh, his, his story, uh, Lil Nas X came out by himself. He just said, I'm out, I'm gay. And it was a different time too. Like all of those guys, there was this the 80s and the 70s. Uh, but a lot of them came out. Boy George, uh, George Michael is very publicly that he came out because he got caught up in a public restroom. Nah, uh, dog. Everyone knew that he. No, every, no, everyone knew that that boy again, was gay. Li- literally, that. he. There's he, a difference he, between knowing and openly coming out exactly. and admitting it. So, no, right, I, but little Nas, I, I feel both of your points. I feel both of your points. I do. That's the thing. He came out personally. Uh, little Nas is the first one. He had a big hit, and he said, "Okay, I just happen to be gay as well, right?" Uh, but definitely, I think he's one of the first guys that I seen that they have owned. Uh, the whole thing since the get-go. Uh, that was one of the part that I was going to go ahead, Hillary. I don't know where to start. <laughs> um, I guess, like, what I would say is that from my understanding about the shoe, I don't know how much it falls back on, like, Christianity, the suing him, as much as it's Nike on a branding high horse of, like, you're not going to customize our shit in any way, shape, or form, and then make money off of it or act like this was your idea. They did already, like, drop the charges, which is why they were able to make this, like, kitschy skit video of Lil Nas X in jail or on trial, pretending it's about the shoe before the new videos released. Um, in terms of thinking if he was going to last or not, I don't know that I loved, um, what is it? Old Town Old Road. Road. I think I can remember the word old. I don't know that I loved it that much. I thought it was like cheeky and that it was going to be overplayed and it was. And I don't know that I thought his music was going to continue to be that sustainable, mm. but I do agree with Alon that like his social media of just being able to He's had moments where he's been really vulnerable about his queerness and has talked about how much it does really upset him that that is all everyone talks about when they watch his videos or interact with him, but then completely turning it around and making that the shtick. I think it's very funny. I think it's tongue in cheek. I do think that that's quite brilliant to constantly use negative press and spin it in a positive way. I think that that's what all celebrities should be doing. And I think it's great that he's super young black man killing this. In terms of the the homosexual thing and the AIDS, I don't know if we want to necessarily talk get into this now, but I I just think that it's the, being asked asking any person who's gay to inform other people about AIDS is very dated, a bit horrific, and doesn't make sense. I like wrote wrote the whole blog about this. As a black person, I am not a monolith. I do not know everything about being black. You can ask me about my perception. You can ask me about my perspective. You can ask me how I feel. But uh, no, that doesn't mean I need to be going to schools educating people about the struggles of all black people. I don't know them all. I only know mine as a black woman from New Brunswick who has a lot of white Acadian influence. Asking Lil Nas X, who's gay, to go and teach kids about AIDS is really deplorable. It assumes that AIDS still only affects queer people, that he even wants to do this. Like, get someone who studied sexually transmitted diseases and issues and who's an actual doctor and expert in this field to go. Don't just make some Black kid a mascot for queerness because he's using it as a means to be, um, you know, to represent kids in the music thing. I think that 
being a black queer hip hop artist is a different kind of representation. That doesn't mean that he now has to be like on the face of condoms. Queerness does not automatically mean like actual sex. It's for me, it's identity before you should be thinking of like two people of the same gender, literally having sex. And it's more about self-expression, making him do that, or even saying that he should do that is to me completely ignorant. Go ahead. And, and I also want to clarify before I head to Clinton. I mean, uh, Little Nas X is the most popular queer hip hop artist, but there's been a lot like, uh, like open like Leaf, Nico Blanco, Zebra uh, Cats. There's a lot of uh, queer hip hop artists that they're mostly underground, but they they've been around and they've been openly gay. But uh, Little Nas X is it's it, probably the most successful one. Uh, go ahead, Clinton. Um, I don't have a lot to say on the issue other than I really did like Old Town Road when it came out. It was trendy and catchy and, and childish, but I had kids and they were absolutely <laughs> obsessed with it. So I heard it a lot. Uh, I listened to his old whole EP at the time. And, you know, that was really the only banger on it. Like there wasn't a lot of other great tracks, in my opinion. I don't know if, Alon, you disagree. I, I, you know what? I, no. I, quickly, but, I thought I thought the EP was really good. It was a lot of diverse. He had some rock tracks on there. He had some some R&B tracks on there it had a track with cardi on there um i thought it was a good just kind of you know mosaic of different styles he went for it he you're right it his first ep and he just tried everything and i thought it was it was pretty good he had at least four hit singles that went to radio off that ep so i mean i thought it was a pretty solid project I guess I was expecting more of a hip hop rap album or hearing more of the whole country rap um, conglomeration, right? And I guess he did go all over the place. I only listened to it once. It didn't really speak to me and I haven't heard much from him since. I heard a part of this new song and it's produced by Kanye. And I mean, the beat's sick and is it's well recorded and mixed and the flow is good. I haven't even heard the whole song yet. Um, so there's that. It's good that he's doing good. The Satan's Shoes thing, yeah, Nike, of course, they have to uphold their brand and they react to the public, right? So the public obviously very probably not liking that he's black, not liking that he was black and made a huge country hit, and now not liking that he's black, made a huge country hit, is gay and is promoting Satan's Shoes. So there's, yeah, so Nike was reacted to pressure and it didn't go so well with them. Uh, this may be an unpopular opinion, but I'm trying to wrap my head around why it's such a huge problem in, in some people's eyes to ask him to educate, educate kids about AIDS. Because I remember growing up, and I mean, that's what celebrities do, right? Football players, baseball players, actors, they do these little TV shows or they make these pre-recorded videos that kids have to watch in a gymnasium and stuff like that. Just this idea, unless we get into a deeper conversation of why should any celebrity be a role model or why should their opinions be considered valid or intelligent over anyone else just because they're a good actor or a good athlete. Well, But another thing, so Hillary, but... What I didn't get from your blog is what was he specifically asked to educate children about? Maybe he would be the one going out there breaking down the stigma that AIDS can only be caught in the, that AIDS is more prevalent in the queer community. Uh, maybe maybe he would use his voice and power and his influence to to break some of those stigmas that you're saying are being created by asking him to do it in the first place. So if you have more information on what focus he would have in educating children on that, that would help me form an opinion because it seems to me like it's not completely illogical to have him going out there doing that. 
I mean, I, I, I've been answered your question and a comment on what you said. Like the answer to your question is, I don't think that it got that far. I think it was a Twitter, like people on Twitter being like, oh, we should get, he should be the spokesperson for this. He should talk about this. And people immediately being like, that's ignorant for a lot of reasons. And I can understand where you're coming from in terms of breaking the stigma, but it, I've, for, for me, from my perspective, I think it encourages the stigma too much to get a homosexual person to do it, to then figure out a way to break down that barrier that's saying it's not homosexual, all homosexual people who have AIDS. Like, unless you want to talk about the stigma in a different way, getting a gay black man to talk about AIDS is very... 1980s the movie philadelphia with Tom Hanks. and it's not it's not getting a, a straight white man to talk about aids or there or not a, i guess not a, well yeah it's not getting anyone else to talk about it it's getting someone that does still feed that same narrative and in in terms of celebrities like I haven't had, like, I haven't experienced what you just described in an extremely long time. I don't think we get celebrities to make those stupid videos anymore. I think we're at a point now where we do actually, for the most part, I'm thinking about COVID, but I think a lot of schools are encouraged to get actual experts on these issues, illnesses, et cetera, to come in. I haven't seen, like, I can't remember like Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen talking about like hep C for me, it was actual doctors. It was the people who were coming in and giving the vaccines for hep A, hep B, whatever it was. I don't like as, as a 27 year old, I don't remember there being like the stars of the Hills talking about STIs or their behavior. There was a lot of celebrities participating in a lot of disgusting behavior and then actual experts, doctors coming to schools and talking about those repercussions and teachers becoming the spokespeople because they couldn't afford to get doctors to come in. But for my, like, I never experienced that. And so that's, I think, part of the reason I find it weird to go back to getting to celebrities to endorse or propulse health standards when I think social media has uncovered the veil that they are the least healthy group of people. Their lifestyle alone is unhealthy. So I would, I would find there to be a really big dissonance in getting Lil Nas X to talk about AIDS one, because I think it, it's problematic, but two, who are we like, what, like, what if he then later gets it? Like, I don't want his life to be a part of the teachings of my kids. I would want to take it upon myself and the people that I trust, which would be doctors because I'm that type of person. What would make you think he'd be more likely to get it than anyone else? I don't think so. But what happens if he does because he's a celebrity and there's the stereotype that celebrities indulge in doing whatever they want more because they have the money to do whatever they want. I also just don't think it should be on on one person who's allowed to live their life in any way, shape or form to come back and have that responsibility to have a message and then own up to it. Like all the sports people who are like, don't smoke weed. And here we are at the Olympics still having these different discussions. But now weed is legal. Times change. I would rather a doctor who has a degree tell me, and if they're wrong, well, it's on their education and the money they wasted at Harvard, not their lively. Like, it's not the same to me. It's legal in Canada, but not everywhere in the world, if you're talking about the Olympics. Yes. Hold on. I, I may not have understood this or heard this in the beginning, but are we having a conversation about a Twitter feed, about a potential thing that no one of power or influence actually asked him to do? And, and I think he was actually asked idea? to do it. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I think he was actually asked. Yeah, if he was okay, asked, so I, see, I see Hillary. Yeah, it's more of a problem if someone of influence asked him to do it. But if this is just a Twitter conversation, it's an interesting topic. 
No, but it shouldn't be a topic, brought up, though, because to be it is very dated. Say anything. That's true, yeah. but I mean, it's and a very dated philosophy, right? To think who that would be better than him? A doctor. Who else? That's my oh, sorry. Okay, so no celebrities at all. Okay, I, I don't totally think so. Yeah, that's like, why. That. Yeah, okay. So, sorry for all of the over talking, but that's my issue. I don't think you should get a queer celebrity to talk about AIDS, but I don't think we should be getting celebrities to talk about these celebrity. things at all. Right, Just right. it's like okay. one completely ignorant to ask him to do it because it dates it but why are we asking celebrities to be spokespeople for things that they didn't go to school for you want to be because of this (laughs) like he should he should be teaching media marketing and how to use tiktok to these kids advantages that would be something you should be teaching like it was asking jeans because of this dated idea that it's because of this dated idea like i just mentioned that people who are successful at making music or hitting a baseball are somehow have some kind of higher authority or making movies have some kind of higher authority or intelligence in terms of educating the greater public on on topics which is a really stupid concept and i totally agree with you there and i also think it's I it's think a generational thing i didn't thing. think i have a lot to say on this but i guess i did so cool. yeah i, I think it's a generational thing uh, because hillary said it like i think in 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 my era and our era there was that that celebrity thing and now uh information is everywhere right you can find information everywhere and i don't think uh, people again it doesn't make any sense for a celebrity to talk about something that they're not an expert in it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense uh somebody that should be an expert should talk about the you know the subject matter uh, but yeah, regarding to the little Nas X part uh, with the Twitter, I mean, a lot of things start on Twitter. Uh, Me Too movement started on Twitter, and, and that's a reality. And certain things can become can transition, which is that's the world that we live in. That certain things do transition from social media to the real world. Uh, but uh, I mean, again, I don't. I think little Nas X should be an artist. I think he should be whoever. He, he wants to be and start, you know, making music and being a celebrity. Other than that, I don't, I don't see anything else unless he wants to become something else. Uh, no, there's no reason. Go ahead, Hillary. I've I found all the information I should have started this whole conversation with. Please forgive me. He kissed another man at the BET Awards recently. That caused a bunch of tweets saying that that is a way to get AIDS. And now all of these people want there to be clarification because you cannot get AIDS through saliva. And so that is where it came from. The idea that he started this conversation by kissing on stage. How dare he? That he must now educate the world on the truth about AIDS because everyone is tweeting him basically saying like, you're going to make the kids get AIDS because they all gonna be kissing. And everyone's trying to be like, that's not how this works. And so then someone was like, Lil Nas X should teach these kids how it actually works, which is very bad. <laughs> Voila la formation. Uh, I think, yeah, that would be really bad. I think I think <laughs> we should definitely get a, somebody that is an expert, especially when it's called a sexual transmitted disease. <laughs> Uh, you should get a sexual transmitted disease expert, which there's a lot. There's a lot of those people right now that could actually tell you how to how you get AIDS. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't think again, I, I think he's a talented guy, but I don't think any other than that, if he wants to become something else, could. But this is a very especially a very difficult topic for a lot of people uh, because it's it's a very touchy subject. And it's kind of sad that it was in BET that like it, where the it's a black network, quote unquote, uh, that you know that that this this started happening. I mean, it's well, it's definitely. But 
I mean, sorry, I'll just say really quickly. No, no. It's not like it's the network who is shitting on him. It's the it's anyone who watched on Twitter. This could have happened at the Grammys. It could have happened at the Oscars. It's the people consuming it. And unfortunately, white people still also watch the BET. Yeah, white people <laughs> so I, there's like... nothing to say that all of these tweets aren't still coming from white homophobic people who are uneducated and not black people who are uneducated. I don't know who's tweeting these tweets. I wouldn't necessarily blame the black community for being closed minded, but there's a group of people that are closed minded slash just don't know how AIDS work and need to take a course, take a course. See, but I feel it is because it was on BET and I feel that the black community really needs to own up to the fact that, you know, homosexuality, like I said earlier, has been around forever. Um, it's not going anywhere. Um, and I think, unfortunately, that when it comes to um, to the black community and when it comes to, you know, certain aspects of black culture and social graces, um, that homosexuality is still one of those taboo subjects in the black community. Um, so I, I, you know, it's, it's like I said earlier, I think it's one of those things where I think we as, as a people just need to understand and, and, you know, come to grips with the fact that, you know, this is, this is reality for all races of people, whether, whether black, white, Asian, whatever, you know, it, this is, it is what it is. Um, so that, that's how I feel about it. I think if this, you know, when you had, you know, Madonna, and and Miley kissing or whoever Madonna kissed or whoever Miley kissed before no one said shit everyone thought it was hot and we and we kept it moving right so I, I do feel that there is an aspect of that it was on B that it was the BT awards that it was a black predominantly black award show and and and, and so on and so forth that this all of a sudden now is becoming you know a, a Twitter topic right so um, but again that's just my that's just my opinion. Yeah, shout out to Little Nas X. I mean, he's doing his thing. And again, I, I agree. I think people should be, I mean, I don't understand. So what? Yeah, he's gay. Cool. Amazing. Great. Great. Good for him. Like his music? Buy it. You like his stuff? Get it. There's nothing really a lot to do on that, but uh, shout out to him. So, all right. I think we gave people uh, a good enough uh, time. So you guys have anything else to say? I would like to just say very briefly because I feel like I would be a bad queer if I didn't. His queerness is not a touchy subject. Everyone else's reaction to it is. Just in terms of the fact that you said that, I feel like, you know, his queerness is his. Like you just said, let's keep it moving. Let him live his life. What's touchy is everyone else. That's facts. I agree. That's how I would like to end that. this. That <laughs> is true. Let, let him be Let him be him. I mean, there's no other reason. Let him be him. Uh, it, there's no reason you let everybody else be. What? What's the problem with him? An artist. Uh, all right. Anybody else? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, listen, I can plug the band. I don't know if this is plug the time. Plug the band. Fine. Echo 7. Echo 7. Echo 7. I Am The Tree is out on all digital platforms. Videos on YouTube. Uh, we're dropping an acoustic version, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Um, and we will begin promoting the next single as soon as it's mixed. Um, we have a uh, guy by the name of Eric uh, Blackwell from a band called Awake at Last producing the next single, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, so we're waiting for that. Um, and so, yeah, so just check out the single as it is. Check out the video, uh, buy the merch. Uh, you can go to our website, echo7bands.com um, and check out the videos and stream from all digital platforms. And uh, yeah, be nice. I'll I'll plug something because if this comes out Wednesday, then correct me if I'm wrong and cut this if I shouldn't say this, but Friday, we have an Emancipation Day episode on CBC in the morning that we would like people to listen to and get educated about Emancipation Day. We all interviewed different people. We talked to Jonna. I think it was a great time. And I'm sure you three did too. 
and everyone should listen to it because we want people to. We yeah, for, yeah, we we forgot forgot that. yeah, we yes. definitely forgot that. Yeah, we definitely forgot. Look at me keeping us organized. <laughs> yes. We definitely forgot that. So yeah, definitely check out that episode. Uh, we're all there. It's on CBC Radio in the morning uh, in Moncton. Uh, if not, you can actually listen it to CBC Radio online as well, and uh, we'll definitely be there. Uh, so guys, uh, don't forget to uh, donate on Patreon or PayPal, wherever you want. Uh, listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, please leave us a review. Uh, it definitely helps the podcast around. Uh, leave us a feedback. Uh, five stars would be preferred. Uh, and definitely check out our website, blackinthemaritimes.com and follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Black in the Maritimes. So peace out. Peace. Bye.